Welcome back to another bodacious, audacious, and salacious episode of Legally Judgy. I'm Alexa. And I'm Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hello, so, my friend. How's summer break going for you? I was going to tell you, I'm so sorry to let you know that summer break is coming to an end. I this know. is the last episode of the summer breakness. Wrapping up feeling? our days of being degenerates. Um, it's Getting ready good. for the fall. Yep. So that mm-hmm. we can, you know, drink in the snow to keep us warm, right? A is little pumpkin spice latte spiced with something stronger. I'm going to get my, my scarves, my... Uh, what what else is the basic? What goes with the the basic girl package uh, that it makes the pumpkin spice latte special? You need a pumpkin spice latte. Okay. A uh, thick knit sweater. Okay. Done. A pair of Uggs. <laughs> oh, special order them. Okay. Uh, you probably need one of those like fedora slash cowboy hats. Ooh. Okay. I like that. And then like four white girls. Right, and then the Gucci crossbody bag, yes, and then four white girls. (laughs) Done. All right, I can get ready for this. So, who needs summer when you got the pipe, the pumpkin spice latte on deck? You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Starbucks. Um, We also want to tell our listeners an exciting new development in Legal Judgy. Right? Yes. Spoiler alert: (laughs) Neither of us are pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was going to be me, but you know. (laughs) My wife just couldn't come through for some reason. We're working <laughs> on it. Um, no, we are going to be implementing a new segment in season two episodes. Yes. A Q&A. Yes. Because Send us all of your questions. Yeah. If you need advice We're... on a bad breakup, on mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. trash in-law. A, a neighbor cr- dispute. A neighbor dispute. Um, right. That's a good one. Um, friendships, maybe. We can like help with some friendships, probably. Yeah, issues with the lady who sits next to you in yoga class. Yeah, or really, Ooh, like, we don't discriminate. One. We don't discriminate. Just send us all of your problems, mm-hmm. and we will offer you the world's most coveted advice on said problems. For yeah, free. We, we we should charge like five thousand an hour, but here we are giving out advice for freeze. Okay, so take advantage. You can email us at legallyjudgy at gmail dot com. You can uh, shoot us a DM, and you know, get us in the DMs on Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok. We have like a little Q&A button. We've never used it before, but supposedly they submit the Q&A and, you know, we'll answer their questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there any other carrier pigeon? You can tweet us. Morse code. Yeah. If what you else? Can find yeah. our numbers. You can text us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would <laughs> be a little creeped out, but also <laughs> I, I would think, wow, you're but really flattered. Good at this. But <laughs> yeah. flattered. Wow. You're smart. You should be a detective of sorts. Um, anyway, we're very excited to come back season two, so look out for that. But for now, we're still on our summer break, and this is the last episode, and it's an exciting one. Yes. Uh, Nicole, I've kind of gotten used to you kind of starting us out, so why don't you tell us what, what are we talking about and get let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So back in the 80s, there was a legendary Ooh. girl group, um, which I think that's the right way to refer to them, yes. by the name of Salt and Peppa. Mm-hmm. So they were formed in New York City in 1985, and they were made up of Salt, whose real name is Cheryl James, Peppa, who's Sandra Denton, and DJ Spinderella, who's De- Deirdre Roper. So they were really known for their 1987 song, Push It, which became number one in three countries and was in the Push top it. 10 and 20 in a bunch of Push other countries. Good. Oh, look who wants to Push sing it. today. I was just giving you some background music. Wow. I was trying when to- I sing, bitches want to hate. Okay. Mine was so quiet. I was trying to be like the elevator music, like very subtle, you know, just encouraging you. 
I mean, if you're going to okay. do it, at least own it. Oh, I can't sing, though. I don't, I'm not trying to own it, but I, I do like Push It. I also have to give a shout out to What a Man, because usually that's not something that I would sing about, but what I have to man, say. What a man, what a okay, man, okay. what a mighty good man. All right. Do you feel good? Feel great. Thank you. I got my Push It out. <laughs> you got What a Man out. I think we can now move on. Continue, please. So their first album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious, sold more than 1 million copies in the U.S., making them the first female rap act to get gold and platinum status, which is obviously super impressive, especially like, I mean, we've done so many episodes, right, about female rappers and how they're still, you know, Mm -hmm. not respected and they always have to compete with like these crazy standards. So to be back in the 80s and kind of setting the bar that high is super impressive. Yeah, they're trailblazers, really. Yeah, for sure. And so then their fourth album, Very Necessary, sold over 7 million copies worldwide and was the highest selling album by a female rap act at the time. Um, So, Okay, yes. (laughs) That's me celebrating them. By the end, or by, not by the end, but they end up releasing five albums over the course of their career and some greatest hits albums. Overall, they've sold more than 15 million records worldwide, which makes them one of the best-selling rap acts of all time, whether male or female, and they've been nominated for Grammys. Yeah, in 1995, little fun fact here, they won a Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group for their song, None of Your Business, making them one of the first female rap acts to win a Grammy. And another little fun fact within a fun fact, Queen Latifah also won during that same year. So 95 was a a good year for black women and hip hop slash rap, I would say. Love that for us. I also am a black woman in hip hop and rap. Oh, are you? Do you have like a a track coming out, an EP? What's going on? Stay tuned. I I knew you sang. I didn't know that you rapped. Do you want to kind of give us like a little freestyle right now? Nope. I'm working on my mixtape. You'll you'll hear it when I'm ready. Mm -mm. Okay. Okay. We're not ready to talk about this. Nope. All right. But what we should talk about, not only their accolades and like their business successes, but we also have to talk about female empowerment, which you kind of touched on right now, right? But this Mm -hmm. is reminiscent of the Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj episodes that we did where, you know, they faced a lot of backlash over their sexuality from the way that they dressed to how they performed and their lyrics. I mean, Mm -hmm. the track that comes to mind, Let's Talk About Sex, which is also another very catchy tune, if I might add. Let's um, talk about sex, baby. Of course. Okay. This guy oh, that's it? You're not going to follow it with the second no, line? I wasn't going to. I didn't want. I don't want to get Let's too carried about away. You and me. Is that the rest oh, look of it? Look at you. Yes, that is it. Oh, I had no idea. It's not like I listened to it right before the episode <laughs> to make sure I was ready for that second line. Um, you know, and although they had those critiques, and we don't want to give them any more amplification than they unfortunately already had back then but a lot of people liked them right especially women i mean like you said there was one of the first acts it's not like they were the only but who really made it mainstream and they they were first for a lot of things um and i think that that helped bridge the gap for future rapper female rappers to come Um, i mean because they also just talked about things right that like are they're just real things that people experience not even just women but you know I guess because women had been such a marginalized community in the rap and hip hop like genres, you know, mm-hmm. they were talking about things that like a whole new base wanted to hear about. So they really, it was, and it was just taboo back then, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, since we're going to talk about it, I will add too. It's like, oh my, it's still to this day. It's like women who talk about liking feeling sexy or being sexy or enjoy sex. It's like. Oh, how could you? Even right. though like most of rap is is men rapping about women and having sex with them and describing that in a, a worse way, I might argue. And so heaven forbid, it's like the women actually 
react back and say, oh, yeah, I also like having sex with you. I would think the men would be happy about that. They'd be like, great, more women no. who uh, I think most it. of the men who were listening were the men who were not doing well in the bed in the boudoir. So they were little haters. <laughs> so like it's unfair. Look at how many yep. women want it, but they don't want me. Basically. Maybe look it in the like mirror. The, it was the incels. It was the incels, the early version of them. All right. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I was going to say, you know, they had a good run. But they end up splitting in 2002 after Salt decides that she's ready to leave the music industry. She'd be, basically had enough. She'd been in it for a long time. But they end up reuniting in 2005 for a VH1 hip hop honor show, among other things that we'll get into. Yep. And I just have to, you know, a little side note. It's like not an ideal group name if you want to go solo, right? Like Mm-mm. salt and Peppa. If you just started with like Peppa or just salt, like you, it just doesn't really flow that well. It doesn't and I have just the same wondered jingle. if Peppa would like thought for a second, maybe I should change my name or, you know, that's just something that I, I think about. And I'm really glad that you and I don't have like a duo name like that, just in case, heaven forbid, you know, I'm going to come up with one so you can never leave. Oh, I, I thought you were going to leave, but that's fine. We'll, we'll be here for life then. We'll come up with more and stay now, tuned. Podcasting. Okay, so while we would love to talk about Salt and Peppa forever, the episode is actually about Peppa. As a reminder, her real name is Sandra Denton. So Peppa was born in Kingston, Jamaica, and she was the youngest of eight children. Part of her family ends up moving to Queens in New York City when she was three, but she actually stayed in Jamaica with her grandma until she was about six years old before joining the rest of her family in Queens. And so when she's 15 years old, she also ends up being sent to live with her older sister in Utah after her family's home in Queens caught on fire basically in the hopes of like giving Peppa a better life since they were going to have to, you know, rebuild and kind of get everything back together after this fire. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's nothing like a little bit of time in Utah to um, spark some <laughs> joy. I think is what's that lady's name. Marie Kondo calls it. Mm. Um, and to get bit by the music bug while she's there, apparently <laughs> she became inspired by rock music, including ACDC and Led Zeppelin. And so at, after that and being inspired by them, she decides that she wants to get, you know, into music somehow. I so, love that for her. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever Glad people Utah. find their, Never people find their inspiration, roll, whatever they do. Yeah. Good for her. Um, I guess she was not finding inspiration from Jen Shaw, but we can return to that. So... <laughs> After a year in Utah, she ends up going back to New York City where she graduates high school and then she enrolls in college to study nursing, which is where she met Salt, aka Cheryl James. And so it was really cute. They kind of quickly became friends from what I saw and they even ended up working at Sears together. Oh, so it's like us. Look, co-workers yeah. turned besties. Yeah. And then, you know, they started a, a crazy uh, rap group that was super successful and here we are starting a podcast that's going to be super successful. Duh. Okay, sorry. Go on, go on. It's okay. So at Sears, they met Herbie Lovebug Azor, who ends up becoming their first producer and manager. So Herbie was studying record production at the Center of Media Arts in New York and basically asked them to record for him as part of like his class project. And so this results in their first single, which is called The Showstopper. And so it's a song that actually used the melody from the Revenge of the Nerds movie but it ends up like getting picked up quite quickly. And so they got some airtime on some New York City radio stations. They even reached number 46 on the Billboard R&B chart. And then he and Sol actually end up dating for some time. Little fun fact for anybody who didn't know that. And they dated for quite some time. I mean, between 1984 and 1989. Mm-hmm. But sadly, they finally call it quits after some ups and downs, including him fathering a child with another woman during this time. So, you know... That That's pretty would bad. not contribute to a healthy relationship, but yes. But wait, but wait, there's more. Then Salt and Peppa, and I'm actually suing him 
because they accuse him of not paying them their fair share of royalties in connection with their first four albums, which he had helped produce. Shady, shady. You know, cheating and stealing usually uh, destroy relationships. And unfortunately, that was just not something they could come back from. So I wonder where he is now, though. It seems like karma may have come back around for him because in all of my research, I could not find anything on this guy and his whereabouts or like if he's doing well or anything. That makes sense. Like, who would want to work with you after that? I mean, the music industry is small and reputation is everything. So unless people really had his back and they thought that he was maybe being unfairly accused, that doesn't look good, right? Like, Who's going to want to hire him to be their manager and producer after that? Maybe that's why. Um, But they continue making music and trying to get discovered. Again, just like Nicole and I, but with podcasting. (laughs) Still waiting for that day. So whoever's listening, please. Please discover us. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not crying. Um, they get signed to their first label in 1985 and adopt their salt and pepper name. Fun fact, they were originally called Supernature, but adopted the name Salt and Peppa because in their single, The Showstopper, they wrapped the lines, right now, I'm going to show you how it's supposed to be because we, the Salt and Peppa MCs, which Love led it. to radio stations getting phone call after phone call requesting the Showstopper song by Salt and Pepper. So they're like, you know, F it. That's our new name, which I think was, that's cute. That is cute. I like that. Sometimes like, you know, the, the world just chooses for you. Or how do I say it? Like the fans choose for you and you just have to roll with yeah. it. Yeah. It's your destiny. You must yeah. fulfill it. Yeah. Um, and then they released their debut album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious in 1986. I have a lot of fun facts, but yeah, you I do know, a lot I of fun facts today. This is, yeah, there's, I'm just coming out with a bang here. Got one more here. Go for it, girl. This was the first and only album they produced with their original DJ, LaToya Hansen, who they actually end up replacing a year later with 15-year-old high school student Deidre Roper, a.k.a. DJ Spinderella, who you mentioned previously, but had to point out that she was only 15, 15. when they brought her on. She was like, a she baby, was in high school. Imagine. She was like, I can DJ in between doing my homework for math and science. Wow. I have a, te- I'm I have sure a spelling she did not test sound tomorrow. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That's just I love me. that. What a little Being child done. prodigy. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Well, so around the same time, Peppa ends up getting engaged to the rapper Prince Marky D, but it doesn't last too long. And she moves on to New York rapper Tyron Tata Moore. And in 1990, she gives birth to their first child, uh, Tyron Jr., Cute. And so fun fact for you, Alexa, Ooh. in 1994, um, it seems like Peppa may have been on the Ricky Lake show teaching teenage girls <laughs> the responsibility of being a mom. Well, that's sweet. I'm glad she found the time. Uh, Ricky Lake used to be my jam. I was going to say, I really loved Ricky Lake. So at first I was like, I thought this was super funny because I was like, why would the fuck would she go on Ricky Lake to teach how to be a mom? But I was like, no, I would probably go on Ricky Lake if she asked me today. Ricky Lake was the freaking shit back then, though. She was like the talk show host. For anybody who doesn't remember. She was like the trashy Oprah. So she kind of like led the way for Oprah to get started on her like spiritual journeys on TV. I liked it. She was a step up from like Mari and like all the other people that you would watch when you like a thousand percent played hooky from school, you know, and you're like, oh, what am I going to watch today? And all of a sudden I'm watching like all my children, Ricky Lake, <laughs> Mari. I'm like, that's not your kid. Like, yeah, it, like kids these days. They'll never understand is what I'm nope. saying. Nope. <laughs> Well, so she eventually moves on from Tata and starts dating the rapper Treach from Naughty by Nature. And so they have a daughter, Egypt, in 1998 and get married a year later. Unfortunately, they end up divorcing in 2001 after she alleges he had been physically abusive. But it seems like, you know, they've now kind of grown past that and they maybe successfully co-parent. Um, That's nice. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. 
So while all this is going on in her personal life, she's still working super hard and making music, right? I mean, she's part mm-hmm. of Salt and Peppa, so like she has to do, she has to be on her grind. Mm-hmm. And so, like we mentioned, Salt and Peppa ultimately kind of blow up, and they have a really long career in the rap game. But going back to kind of what you mentioned, once Salt retires in 2002, Peppa really has to sustain her career independently. And so in 2005, she joins the show The Surreal Life on VH1. Did you ever watch that? I caught bits and pieces. I wasn't allowed to watch it. It was kind of like the poor man's real world. Like it just felt, (laughs) it just, it felt desperate because, okay, here's the thing. The real world people who. On MTV. Yes, the real world was on MTV, but it was also people who were like fairly young or like kind of young, right? Like they were like 20s, yeah, maybe like 30s. early 20s, just basically living life, right? It's the premise for any like young folks, Gen Zers listening to our show. Literally. Like I they love were the just real like world. Living and being recorded. That was it. It was just p- pure debauchery, but like they didn't really have any motive besides to come have a good time. That was like when reality show was actually re- reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, the surreal life was truly a bunch of like old celebrities trying to become relevant again like vanilla ice was on it oh, and yeah. like yeah yeah, it yeah, was okay. just it just felt sad like it, it just felt really desperate and like oh right. this is kind of cringeworthy like who who's who's in your pr team who told you to do this no that's true it's like it's like those shows now like help get me out of here i'm a celebrity or like what's that the marriage one that they have to celebrity marriages or something like that i right? know you're talking about yeah, yeah yeah i don't remember the name of it but you clearly there are people probably who spent their money they got from their 15 minutes of fame which that's not that's not peppa right that's that that really is sad that she had to go on the show unless she really loved it i don't want to i think she was just like trying to like stay kind of on the scenes that she could keep building her career and sadly like ended up on this shit show and i don't think that she was on it for very long but instead she kind of goes on to do some acting in a few shows and movies including joe's apartment first time felon oz like the are we hold are we there yet series with ice cube so you know she kind of found she found other ways to sustain herself off of vh1 thank god <laughs> yes and then in 2007 salt and peppa actually come back together for a few years to do the salt and peppa show on vh1 sadly that only lasts two seasons though did you watch that one I didn't watch. I didn't. I did not. I just. Um, I don't really watch anything on VH1. Yeah, it's not my jam. I'm trying to remember now, but I obviously don't watch it anymore. There's there's some stuff probably. I will say Peppa was able to squeeze out another season from them. She got her own little spinoff reality show on the network called Let's Talk About Pep, which was supposed to be a play on their single Let's Talk About Sex. So she, you know, that was that was thoughtful. Uh, That one unfortunately only lasted one season though. Um, But then a year later in 2008, in August, she releases her autobiography, also called Let's Talk About Pep. And in it, all the word talks, play in here. I mean, she's just, I mean, why not, right? You got a good idea? Why change it? Don't reinvent the wheel is my motto. <laughs> but in her autobiography, she basically delves deep. She goes into her whole life story, her childhood, her career, her family, the ups and downs. I mean, she gets really candid. She even talks about how, unfortunately, she went through some really difficult experiences, including being molested as a child. So she gets really real and basically how all these different experiences have shaped her to be the woman that she is. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, a couple months later, October, another bright spot for her. She reunites with Salt to perform at the BET Awards. And then Mm -hmm. they start kind of performing more and more together. Right. Like around this time and then after that. So I guess Salt had the break that she needed. Yeah. Um, Because in 2011, Salt and Peppa actually headed out on a national tour 
called Salt and Peppa's Legends of Hip Hop Tour. Um, and then in 2016, um, they join Growing Up Hip Hop as a, or sorry, just Peppa. She joins Growing Up Hip Hop as a supporting cast member with her niece and daughter, Egypt, who mm-hmm. was a main cast member. And I think that's real cute that the daughter's like hooking it up with the jobs for mommy, you know? I like, mean, listen, I'm get full you circle. Like, role. I brought you into this world. I've paid for you up until now. <laughs> the least that you can do is get me a supporting cast member spot. Like, help me out. Right. Listen. Right. I mean, it worked. I mean, she's just, she's kept busy, like, to her credit, right? 2017 yeah. to 2018, the group actually toured as part of the I Love the 90s tour. So they're picking up gigs wherever and whenever they can. Well, so sadly, things kind of take a turn in 2019 when DJ Spinderella sues both Salt and Peppa. So the background is kind of, there had been some rumblings for years of drama between the group. And I, it wasn't really clear to me when we were young when, like, when things were happening and they were, like, really in their heyday and I couldn't really figure out like what the exact issues were but that basically this drama kind of came to a head in may 2019 when spinderella posted on her instagram that salt and peppa terminated her from the group and specifically from the reunion that you just mentioned via email not great i feel like if we've been in a band and performing together since the 90s the least you can do is like maybe pick up a phone i don't know or take me out to lunch take me like a really nice dinner before you tell me you're ending the podcast thank you what would you do if tonight before because you're you're on the east coast you're ahead of me like i wait till like 12 a.m my time and i'm like by the way i'm firing you from legally judgy yeah unfortunately i know your address um and i'm not i'm not afraid to book a last minute ticket and come right the fuck back to la so and I wouldn't blame you, to be fair. That's that's like the disrespect, right? Like after all shady. these 20 plus years, you're going to do it via email. And the thing is, they never commented on it. I think that whenever they were asked, they kind of just said no comment or it's unfortunate that, you know, Spinderella's taking it. So, you know, taking it to the public when this really should be a private matter. Right. I'm like, okay, but it's public. So like, tell us, did you do that? Yeah. That's <laughs> fucked up. You know, <laughs> like I'm not hearing many sorries or denials. So I can't help but think that, you know, maybe this is true probably happened well so clearly dj spinderella was not too happy about this so two months later she ends up suing them for trademark infringement breach of contract and fraud in connection with unpaid fees that spanned all the way back to 1999 and a couple other claims and so basically spinderella is saying that she was cut out of various deals even though she believed she was entitled to one-third of the profits right because she's one of three in the group Mm -hmm. and she's basically saying that she brought a lot to the groups and to the group in their shows including significant on-stage excitement and entertaining audiences with her captivating this is in quotes (laughs) musical grooves and remarkable dj tricks What's a remarkable DJ trick? I don't know. I'm just curious. I always tell you to watch Righteous Gemstones, but there's an amazing line. There's a whole episode where he talks about car pranks and car tricks. And so uh-huh. that's what you're thinking you of right now. This. Yes. All okay. I'm thinking of is Danny McBride. Okay. I'll have to watch that. Because for now, I just, I'm imagining like maybe like a laser show, maybe some confetti coming down. Because I, I don't know what else could a DJ do to trick. Maybe she tricks. was like doing a handstand and like spinning. Oh, you think so? You know, like spinning the things, the, the tables on the record. with her toes. Yeah. <laughs> she just suspended in air hovering <laughs> yeah. over her own and using like te- telepathy to like, or was it telekinesis to, to spin? That I would think be, telepathy. Is it? Te- well, telepathy is how you and I communicate when we're not on the phone. <laughs> Silly. Twins. <laughs> Um, well, so anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah so so Spinderella's yeah. claims included over six hundred thousand dollars in unpaid royalties and earnings owed in connection with their albums, tour, and merch sales. 
So later that year, unsurprisingly, the case was dismissed after they reached a confidential settlement. So, you know, no idea how much Salt and Peppa actually ended up paying her, but that case is completely done. Okay. But sadly, the lawsuits weren't over for our dear Peppa. Do you want to tell us okay. about her other? Um, sure. This one is this one is an interesting one. I think I think you'll like this one because you know you haven't heard of this before. But I'm going to take us back a year to 2018. Peppa gets into a really bad car accident involving a four car pileup on the 101. Um, which for any of you people that are not from LA, it's a terrible freeway. Never go on it. There's always traffic. Um, the accident was purportedly caused by the negligence of an Uber driver and three other drivers, which resulted in Peppa getting rear-ended. She ends up suing Uber and the three other drivers involved for damages related to her injuries, including loss of wages. She basically claims she suffers from pain that inhibits her ability to travel and perform. And in mm. fact, she said the accident was so bad that the implants and injections in her butt and hips shifted. That's so, disgusting. My stomach <laughs> is literally turning right now. My stomach also shifted. I was going to, like, when I was doing the research, I was like, oh, shit. I never thought about that. But that's, that's a fair really point, gross. right? Like, you get rear-ended and it's bad enough. And it sounded like it was a pretty bad one, right? I saw some images of the cars. They look like a, an accordion just scrunched, um, some of them. And so I'd imagine, you know, a person without implants has a lot of back pain and you, you know, maybe you have to go to physical therapy, but if you have implants, how that would yeah. shift, it's, I never thought oof, about that before. Oof, oof, so oof. basically she says that she had to go to this Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, Dr. David Saya. We're going to call him Doc Saya. And she goes to him so that she, he can remove basically her implants and all of the injections, right? She wants every, everything just taken out because she's in so much pain. But according to Peppa, he apparently convinced her to get three different procedures. And we don't think she was too happy with the results because she actually ends up suing Mr. Doc in December 2020, claiming negligence in connection with her surgeries. So my legal expert over there, um, could yeah. you tell us what is negligence? Yeah. So negligence is basically not taking proper care and handling something so here, Peppa was claiming that the goal after she went into this doctor, right, was to remove the implants and injections because they had shifted. But she claims that Doc Saya convinced her to replace them with smaller injections. He allegedly said, or at least thought, that she'd be too unhappy without any butt implants at all after so many years having them in. And he also convinces her to get liposuction, all of which he at least allegedly ultimately botched. And so she said that his procedures on her butt caused it to basically harden and not up. And so it left her in a ton of pain and makes it even harder for her to perform on stage. Because, you know, they dance and they're moving around all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she also claimed that she was in so much pain, she went to a new doctor who did an MRI, which purportedly showed that she still had actually like large amounts of silicone and dead tissue still inside of her, even though Doc Saya was supposed to have removed it. And so additionally, Peppa claims that she's going to need, that she needs even more corrective surgery after Doc Saya worked on her to like get these things resolved. And she's been opining in her lawsuit or her original filing, at least that she'll never fully recover and that she probably won't be able to perform the way that she used to. And we couldn't locate any filings from Doc Saya, So it's unclear what his defense is, but I think if we had to guess, it's safe to say it's not my bad because in July 2021, 
<laughs> just a couple months ago, he filed a lien in the amount of just over $676,000 in connection with Peppa's lawsuit against Uber, the one that, you know, we briefly talked about, that car crash. And yeah. so a lien is the right to take possession of property that belongs to someone else until that person's debt is paid. Okay, that's a lot of freaking words. So what does that mean? Break it, it down for us. basically means that he wants to make sure that if Peppa gets paid from Uber, he gets paid for the surgeries he performed on her before she gets any of that Uber money, right? Because oh, mm-hmm. he wants to get paid. Um, mm-hmm. And he submits invoices showing the procedures that she had done. If I had to guess, I'm assuming that she purposefully has not paid him because of this lawsuit that she's you know, has against him for negligence. Uh, She's yeah. thinking, why would I pay you all this money when you totally botched me? Like, come when on. When she's trying to get money from you, why would she pay you? Yeah, there's, she's going to be like bullshit. And I'm yeah. really curious because, I mean, I guess this is relatively not that long ago. So we're definitely going to have to monitor this one. I'm really curious to see how this nets out and what evidence will come out about this because you hear Beverly Hills plastic surgeon and I would think, oh, that's legit because I hear Beverly Hills, to be honest. And it I just mean, they're sounds- definitely going to have to get some other plastic surgeons in there who will testify to like if they had gotten that same patient who came in with the same issues that she had, like what would have been the standard or the reasonable way to take care of that? Or like, what would they have done? So I think it's going to come down to like a lot of professional medical advice and comparing what Doc Zaya did to like what maybe the more reasonable plastic surgeon would do. Right. So all of this is still ongoing. We're going to have to see. Couldn't find any other updates, right, on the um, lawsuit between her, Uber, and the other drivers. Right. You know, one thing I was, I'm interested in is, you know, one of the claims she had against Uber and the drivers was that she was so uncomfortable and couldn't perform. But now with these botched, allegedly, allegedly botched surgeries, how much can you attribute to the, how much of her pain can you attribute to the original accident versus mm. the pain that may have been added onto it from the botched surgeries? Right, and how right. they flesh that out either way will be, I think, interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. In, in either case, if, if it's, you know, if all of it ends up siding with Peppa, she probably will get a sizable payout. I wouldn't be surprised if Uber ends up just settling with her. Um, get that Uber money, girl. Right? I mean, you hear settlement, and we've talked about this before. It doesn't mean that one person was completely at fault, but just cheaper to settle. Um, Maybe someone fucking deal with it, and I'm sure Uber has bigger issues to deal with right now. Yeah, and I wonder if the plastic surgeon, Doc Saya, has more of an interest to to litigate if he feels like he really wasn't in the wrong because it's reputational harm, you know? Like, at least with Uber as a company, right? They run a cars, uh, car driving company, so you know that there's going to be accidents, unfortunately. But with a plastic surgery, like, firm, because he owns his own, you think that he would fight harder or settle. But what's interesting is... I would almost think that if he thought that it was like a reputational thing and that he had done a reasonable and or good job, whatever the case is, that he just would have filed a motion to dismiss and tried to get rid of the entire thing. But right. for him to have not done that and just gone straight to the lien to get money, I mean, it doesn't mean that he thinks he's guilty because he's obviously just trying to get money that he thinks he's owed, but it doesn't, like, I don't think that filing that lien actually speaks to 
whether you did a good job or whether you actually botched all of those procedures for her. Right. What do you expect him? I mean, and it doesn't mean he hasn't filed some sort of defense. I, I just, we couldn't find it, right? Yeah, we couldn't find anything, I, right? I, you know, we Googled him and he has 71 Google reviews, 4.9 stars, uh, health in U.S. news. He has five-star <laughs> rating of 95 reviews. So I guess he's like not terrible. Yelp has him at four four stars with 64 reviews. But I can't lie. If I was looking to get some butt implants, I wouldn't go to him. Four Just stars and 64 reviews? Fuck On no. Yelp. Hey, okay, no. look at on, on U.S. news, he has five stars with 95. Also, look, are we going to U.S. news for like... <laughs> That's not where you get your recommendations on Reputable medical butt implants? Advice? No, no. <laughs> fine. Maybe I'll just will back down off the, the butt implants. Um, that's fine. So Sorry. We'll send you to Brazil to get that done instead. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's true. I should trust them. Anyway, uh, I think that's the latest on the, on the lawsuits, right? Any other things that you want to opine on yourself? No, nope. I think we covered it. This is a, this is a, a quick and dirty one, I feel. Um, <laughs> But in other news, in January 2021, Lifetime released a biopic about salt and Peppa. Queen Latifah was an EP, so shout out to you, Queen. Um, and shockingly, DJ Spinderella tweeted out her disappointment over being wrongfully excluded from it. But she did assure fans that she'll be coming out with her own memoir that details her own contributions. So can't wait for that. I'm going to be first in line. I love I, a good face off in life stories. Yeah, I need to know the truth. That's all I know. Yeah, same. Same. Well, so Salt and Pepper are also apparently in the studio working on new music. So I feel like maybe this whole Uber situation and the bad surgeries really like, you know, brought some life back into Peppa. And now she's ready to kick it up. We're going to see some lyrics. I'm expecting to hear about this in her music. Um, yeah. You know, the hardened butt. That sounds very painful. I'm sorry, Peppa, mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm, listening. Mm-hmm. Our condolences. Um, so brief summary. Uh, let's see. Uh Famous salt and Peppa rap duo plus DJ Spinderella, depending on who you talk to, um, <laughs> was very groundbreaking in hip hop for female artistry. They unfortunately encountered some legal problems with DJ Spinderella over some unpaid profits. Uh, that one settled. TBD. I wish we could know what that looked like, but we'll probably never know. And then unfortunately, Peppa gets into a big car accident, has some allegedly botched surgeries and now we're gonna have to see where her lawsuits end up with uber and with doc saya all right nicole this is the most important part of our show what advice do you have for our listeners i mean i think you already kind of gave it like i definitely feel that if you're gonna get plastic surgery you should at least go to someone who's got 4.5 stars and up and definitely a couple thousand reviews on yelp and google (laughs) i know i'm like trying to think of let's see I will say if you are part of a rap group or any sort of group, make sure you have your profit participation in writing. Make wow. sure you are getting your uh, financial statements audited if you're if you're feeling some things are sus, you know, and I would say uh, hire lawyers or submit some Q&As to us about how you should go about you know, getting your monies when your monies are owed to you. Yes. That's my advice. I'm here for that. All right. Well, as per usual, legally judgy family, please go tell everybody you know about this wonderful, beautiful, blessed podcast of ours, please. And then go to Apple and leave us a five-star rating and write us the most beautiful review that will just make us cry 
tears of joy because it was so beautiful. I don't think that's asking for much. Do you, Nicole? No, but then also come send us your Q&A so you can get some top-notch advice. Yeah, I mean, if I needed advice, I wish I could go to me, (laughs) you know? I mean, I go to you. It's usually decent. I mean, thanks. I think it's spectacular. I go to myself sometimes. I just look in the mirror when I, you know, just have to get the hard biting advice. Sometimes it's not the nicest, but... It's going to be honest. Um, So thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also feel free to connect with us on our socials at Legally Judgy. Until next time. Bye. Bye.